Good morning. I'm sure that it said, don't stop the beat, and then it stopped it. It's like, come on, what's going on? Well, good morning to you, welcome to you. Um, my name's Simon, one of the pastors here, and welcome to part five of this series, Your Mind Matters, the last one in the series. Yeah. But just before we get into today's subject, how many of you would like to see a photo of a baby, but not just any old baby, the second grandchild born to me and my wife a couple of weeks ago. Correct response. Well, here he is, little Nathaniel Arthur Deeks. <laughs> I did nothing towards that, but there you go. Um, and as my wife said to me earlier, he is objectively the most gorgeous baby you are going to see in the next few months. Well, as we step into today's message, I want to remind you of the key verse that we've been building the whole series on. In Timothy, book of Timothy, Paul writes this. God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but of power, of love, and of sound judgment and personal discipline. And I like this little underlining from the Amplified Bible. Am abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind. How many of you want to live your life with a calm, well-balanced mind? Uh, me too. And I really hope the last four weeks has helped you um, either deal more effectively, managing our fears and our anxieties, and also I hope you're feeling an, an increase of peace and joy in your mind. But here's the thing, I don't know about you, I don't want to just have a good January. I want to look at six months from now and say, do you know what? I'm increasing, increasingly experiencing more mental health. Or a year from now, even more. Any, anybody else? So we don't want to just stop here. Well, what I want to talk to you today about is how can we do that so that a year from now, wherever you'd measure your level of mental well-being, you'd say it's moved up. You know, maybe now, if you're honest, it's pretty low. This is a, we know January is a tough time for many. But we also believe it is God's plan for your life that over time, as you partner with him, you can learn to experience new measures of well-being in your mind. Now, the foundation for all of this is the verse that we've been looking at. There's a wonderful truth that's hidden, really, in this verse. And it's this simple thing that when someone comes to know God, something extraordinary happens on the inside. I don't know how many of you remember Dr. Inkuru's fantastic message a few weeks ago where she shared this, here's a version of her diagram, which kind of reminds us that we are made of spirit, soul, and body. And when someone becomes a Christian, when they give their life to Jesus, there is a connection that's made between us in our spirit, the very essence of who we are, connects to who God is. And it's like a lifeline is open from him to us of peace, of joy, and as Paul says here, of power, of love, and of a calm and well-balanced mind. In other words, if you've given your life to Jesus, you have the potential to walk in increasing measures of peace and joy because of the one who's come to live on the inside of you, the presence of the Holy Spirit, who has the power, he has the love, and he has the capacity. Now, obviously, if you're here today and you think, well, I've never, actually, I haven't got a relationship with God, or maybe you've had one and you, if you're honest, it's kind of slipped, we're delighted you're here. Please stay to the end of this message because we would love to give you an opportunity to start or restart your relationship with God so you can experience the good things that he's got for you. But how many of you know that's not enough? 
Okay, we've got the presence of God on the inside of us, but it's not automatic that we then always walk in peace and joy. Well, why is that? Well, back to Dr. Nkuru's picture, it's because there's work to be done in the soul, in the way we think, the way we feel, and the choices we make, especially in our mind. Now, I wanna give you good news today. I believe that if we will play our part if we will partner with what God has done on the inside, then we can see those changes made. Now, I don't know if you know, but over the last um, 40 years, our understanding of how our brains work has changed. Uh, we used to believe that we were all stuck at a certain capacity. You reached a level and that kind of, that was it. You maybe remember the old adage, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, I've got good news for you today. You can teach an old dog, new tricks, which is good news for old dogs like me and some of you in here. Apparently, scientists have discovered something called neural plasticity. Um, don't quote me on that. I'll find the way it's properly said. But the concept is that actually, if we will play our part, we can actually keep increasing the measures of health that our brain and our mind enjoys, if we'll play the part. Like our physical body. Do you know that you can continue growing muscle fibers into your 90s if you will play the part. Now, how many of you wanna see an increase in the next year, two years? Well, what I wanna do is share with you two things today. I wanna draw from the last four weeks, I'm gonna remind you of some things we've heard. And for those of you for whom this is all new, can I encourage you, go back on the website, check out the talks, because it's been so rich, and a lot of it we need to go back on and check up in. But I wanna give you two things that I believe all of us can do, that if we did them consistently, we will see increasing measures of well-being in our minds. Here we go. Number one, free your mind from what is harmful. Learn to free your mind from what is harmful. I wonder if you ever understood the thought that what we allow to come into our mind, there actually are some things that come in that are actually harmful to our mind. In other words, they, they feed the negative side. They feed that, that proclivity towards fear and anxiety. And according to the Bible, there are at least two main gateways through which we feed our mind, and that's our eyes and that's our ears. So listen to what Jesus said, Luke 8, 18. He says this, Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. That's the ears. Then he says for the eyes, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. In other words, your mind actually feeds off whatever you allow into it. And you and I, we have a choice as to what we will allow to come in. Negative stuff will feed the negative side. Harmful stuff will feed that side. Healthy stuff will strengthen and make our minds healthier. What you feed grows, what you starve dies. So just for a moment, think with me. What are the different sources in your life that are coming in through your eyes and coming in through your ears? I can't possibly list them all, but think with me. TV, social media. I was gonna say videos. Maybe no one watch videos anymore. M music, books, uh, computer games. Sometimes the words of key people in our lives, they, they can both help us and they can both harm us if we allow them in. Now, 
I'm sure you would agree, God has not called us to be people who run away from everything, say, oh God, don't let anything come in my ears, don't let anything come in my eyes. No, we actually have to choose what comes in and we can choose. I love what Martin Luther, he wrote this, he said, you can't stop the birds flying overhead, but you can prevent them from building a nest in your hair. Now, is it possible that some of us have allowed nests to be built in our hair, if you've got hair, of things that are actually harmful to the mind? Now, how do you decide then? How do you decide what's okay and what isn't okay? Because a lot of things, some things are neutral, some things are harmful, some things are helpful. Well, the good news is that a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Inkuru gave us what she called a thought sieve. I love that idea. You know what a sieve is? You put things in it, you go, oh, 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 and the good stuff st- stays in it. Anyway, you know what I mean. A thought sieve goes through. Okay, it goes through. Now we've got a mental thought sieve. Okay, you can put stuff that's coming through your eyes and your ears through this sieve. Paul writes this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think, back to the mind, think about such things. Now, I love the way Paul, he doesn't give you specifics and says, don't watch TV, don't do social media. He says, here, here are some principles that you can use as a sieve to say, what, what am I actually allowing into my mind? Um, you're gonna get a story this first service people didn't get. Well, when I first became a Christian, I, um, this is gonna shock you, I was into heavy metal music. And uh, I used to, I can remember about six months to a year being and I was praying and I felt the Lord say to me, have you listened to the words that are coming in from those songs? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> so like, Ugh, to me. But when I listened to the words, they're actually all aggressive, miso- this is one particular band, misogynistic and nasty. And it was like the Lord said, what do you think that's doing for your innermost being? And what I did was realising this is harming me I got a load of LPs. Anyone remember an LP? Okay, if you don't know what it is, Google it. Um, actually, they're very cool nowadays. I took them and I smashed them and I burnt the card because I didn't want that stuff damaging my mind or my well-being internally. Now, there may be some things that God is asking you to smash and to burn today. Why? Because he wants you to have healthy well-being. He wants to help you deal with it. So... Think about what's coming in through your eyes and your ears. Is there anything there that it's time to deal with? Let me give you an example. I'm sure many of us enjoy Netflix on those evenings and we're not sure what to do with life. Um, Let me tell you about the top 10 most watched films and TV programs from from last year, Netflix. I'm not going to name them, but of those 10, now you could be forgiven for thinking they're top 10, surely they're all wholesome and good. Okay, out of the top 10, only one of them Uh, is less than a 17 or an 18. In other words, the producers are thinking, this could be dangerous. And the producers, not the Bible, the producer says for the other nine, here's a warning, they include extreme violence, graphic sex scenes, and foul language. Now, let's take the sieve, okay? Do 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 any of those three things get through the sieve? That's not a hard question, is it? (laughs) You've gone very quiet on me, I... 
But it's challenging, isn't it? And I'll be honest with you, I've been challenged by this content myself because I believe God is speaking to us and he's saying, now is a time, let's look again at the things that have just kind of slipped in and it's time to go, no, we're actually gonna cut those things out. And the key is ask yourself, what is the fruit of that which is coming into my mind? That's about the, the type of things. What about the amount? Now, I would be derelict in my duty if I did not mention today your smartphone. <laughs> I know most of us have a smartphone, but I want to think about the amount that we consume on the smartphone. Now, just so that you know that this is, you do know, don't you, that your smartphone was specifically designed to be addictive to your brain. Have you noticed when it goes ping with a notification, you cannot resist picking it up? True? Or you get a like on something it's like, woohoo, I've made it. Well, it's designed and there's actually a release of a chemical in your brain that makes you want to do it again and again. Okay, I'm not telling you anything people don't know. This is known, okay? Your phone is addictive. Tell someone near you, he might be talking to you. Now, just so that you know, that, so that you don't think this is just the rantings of a, an old middle-aged white man, let me share the story of one of our young adults. She writes this. Every January for the past few years, I begin the new year with what's known as the Bible shred. When you read the whole Bible cover to cover in 30 days, beginning on 1st of January. This year, I set a personal goal to do the whole Bible in 21 days. Well done you, I say. Uh, and it was a brilliant experience. But this, this is what I want you to catch. One of the byproducts of this time was that I pretty much entirely cut out TV, streaming platforms, YouTube, etc. And my phone screen time also dropped significantly to an average of 39 minutes a day this month. I'm 27, and it's no exaggeration to say that this is the lowest daily average since I got a phone when I was 10 or 11. I realised quite how much noise, recognise that word, noise, was still coming from social media, mindlessly scrolling online and consuming content because of the noticeable and distinct peace that I've now experienced. Now, post-shred, I'm continuing to build in habits to help me continue prioritising the things that matter most while protecting this sense of peace, while also healthily enjoying the positives of online connection and creativity that we have at our fingertips. Please hear me. I'm not, thank you. I'm, I'm not knocking smartphones, okay? There's good things in them, but it's about the amount. And I love the word she used. She uses the word noise. Now, what does she mean there? What she means is that if we continue on our phone, and it might even just be harmless stuff, we're actually filling our mind with stuff that's just simply noise. That's all it is. And I, I, as I've been preparing for today, I almost felt the Lord, not audibly, but I felt the Lord say, your brain is speaking to you and it's saying, give me a rest. Give me a rest from being continually consumed with stuff and see what happens to your levels of peace, which is what happened to this girl. Maybe it's time when you leave this meeting to go on your phone. There's a button on there that tells you what your daily average use of your phone is and it'll tell you how much time it's spent on social media, etc., etc. Maybe talk to someone about it and say, maybe it's time to change some of that. We've got a fast coming up a couple of weeks' time. Maybe it's time, to, as you fast from food, to have a fast from your phone. You don't have to chuck it in the toilet. 
You don't have to do a 21 day thing. You can just simply say, I'm gonna go without it for a meal, without it for a day. And here's my guarantee, you won't die. The world will not stop spinning. God will still be on his throne. And you may even find an increase in peace. Okay, first thing to do. That was a lot of parents, I think, there. <laughs> Sorry, kids, please don't feel beat up. Adults have the same problem too. Um, second, okay, so first, let's free our mind from anything that's harmful to it. Second, feed your mind on what is healthy. Now, here's the thing. If you did a Google search on that question, what could I do to feed my mind in order for it to be healthy, you will find thousands of ideas out there and, and they're very practical and most of them are very, actually very helpful. Let me give you six from our national government website. I think all of which I've tried. Relax and reduce stress. Find ways to learn. Learn something new. Spend time in nature. Connect with others. Look after your physical health. Try to get enough sleep. It's my favourite, okay? How many, how many of you have found after a good night's sleep, this is a lot better? Okay, the most spiritual thing some of you could do out of this meeting is change your sleep habits. My apologies to parents with little kids. I know you have little choice. But helpful as those things are, and they're all helpful, there is one thing you can do that is better than any of them. It's more powerful. It's more helpful to your well-being. Any one of us can do it. And we've kept hearing it again and again for the last four weeks. Tom talked about it a couple of weeks ago. What was it that caused Josh to start to get free of panic attacks that were absolutely hemming him in. What was it that caused Dr. Inkuru to get free over time from severe depression and suicidal thoughts? This is the Bible. It was actually getting hold of the Word of God in such a way that it saturated their minds. And kind of if you forget everything today, well, don't forget everything. If you remember one thing, remember this. This is God's primary gift to your mental well-being. And there's more in it, I suspect, for you to learn how to get the best out of this. But let, me, let me give you an illustration. Okay, over the Christmas period, Zia and I decided we'd do some DIY, okay, which in my mind means destroy it yourself. So we're at, and I'm painting a wall, okay? I've got a roller and I'm painting it. Okay, just enough paint on. Up you go, across you go. I'm thinking, I've been doing this for 20 years, not literally on this wall, but <laughs> in my life. I'm like, I thought these things were supposed to be quick. What's going on? Anyway, long story short, cup of tea, watch YouTube. And I think, I put in, how do you use a roller properly? And, and it's like a miracle. There's this guy and he's got a long-handled sticky thing that go, goes onto his roller. I've got one of them in my garage. It's been there for 15 years doing nothing. And then he gets the roller and he puts it in the paint and he, and he absolutely soaks it. And then he goes to the wall and he just goes, zoom, 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 done. I'm like, oh my word, this is glorious. So I, I went, I made sure the bits of wood were covered. It's okay, the carpet was largely free. And then I did the same thing. I sat, zoom, 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 zoom. 10 minutes, a whole wall done. Okay, thank you very much. It is a breakthrough, a big order. Now, here's the thing. Those things were already in my hand. I had a measure of how to use them. 
but I was not experienced the full benefit of a roller and paint. I think it might be true for this, for our mental well-being. Do you know, there are so many different ways to get hold of the Bible, to draw out of it what God intended for you and me. But if anything like me, I can get stuck in one way and think that's it. And think, why? Why is this not quite working for me? Psalm 119 gives us at least seven ways in which we can address, draw out strength from the word. Let me read them to you. Uh, He says, I have hidden your word in my heart. I've recited aloud all the regulations you've given us. I've rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. I think there are seven ways there to get hold of the Bible and actually what, what he says is so key, we want to get it in our hearts, not just as a vague idea, but in our hearts so that when I encounter fear and anxiety, which you will, because that's normal life, I've got something in me that's ready to deal with it. And it's not, hear me right, it's not enough to read it. Reading is a fantastic start. But if all you ever do with the Bible is read it, you'll be like me. I'm sure there should be more that I can get out of this word. So so let me challenge you, maybe pick one of those that I just read to you and say, I'm gonna start doing that. Never done it before. Let's give it a go for a season and see what happens. But let me give you three quickly, what I call the three R's. Read, write, recite. Anyway, let me move on. Um, (laughs) You'll remember them. You do need to read the Bible, okay? You do have to start there. And just a gentle reminder to you, I know we're at the end of January coming into Feb. Many of you will have started uh, reading programs back in January with great enthusiasm. Start again. doesn't matter. I give you permission to start again guilt-free in Jesus' name. Brand new start. But you do need to read it. Now, while you read it, and it may not happen every day, it doesn't matter, there'll be times when verses, they're just like, they rise up. There's something about what I've just read which I need to more than read. I need to get it in me. And I don't want to forget it by this afternoon. I want to get it in the inside of me. So you read it. Now you want to memorise it. How do you memorise verses in the Bible? Well, second, you write it. So I want to encourage you. You've picked a verse or two and you think, well, I'm going to learn this, so I'm going to write it. So you get a pen. If you don't know what a pen is, Google it. Okay, old tech, it still works. Because we're learning that apparently there is a part of your brain associated with memory that when you write, it moves, it moves quicker to that part of your memory than it does just if you type. But if you type, that's cool, okay? Maybe you, you type it somewhere, maybe you get it on your phone, maybe you photograph it with your phone from your Bible. It doesn't matter what you do. Get that verse somewhere where you can access it quickly and easily. And then every time you've got time alone, I was going to say in the car, don't do it in the car, um, Wherever you're on your own, just whip it out and say, okay, I'm going to learn this word for word and with the inscription at the end. And I don't care if you're going to learn one this year. Give it a go. Memorise it. So it's read it, it's write it, and then third, it's recite it. Do you know there is something so powerful about God's word? When his truth gets on your lips, something powerful happens that maybe some of you have never experienced. Did you hear what Josh said a few weeks ago? He said, don't just listen to your thoughts. Speak God's truth to those thoughts. See what happens. 
You know, there is something powerful about taking the Word of God. So I've, I've read it, I've written it, now I'm going to recite it out loud. Again, I do it in my car. If you ever catch me at some lights, you'll probably see some strange things going on in, in my car. It's okay, I'm just declaring the Word of God out because I know it does something for my mental well-being, nothing else does. And just, I want you to imagine this. Let's say you take Philippians 4, one of our key passages we've been looking at. And you get this on the inside of you where it's not, you kind of vaguely got an idea. You know what it says because you've learned it. And you feel anxiety or fear, which is a normal part of life. But then because you've got this scripture in your heart, you start saying, hold on. I remember this, be anxious for nothing. In fact, in everything with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God will garrison and mount guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I want to tell you, if you start doing that consistently, thank you, you will find you start to deal with things you didn't used to be able to deal with if you'll stick at it over time. And in fact, what I think neurologists would tell us is that as you do that consistently, you are literally rewiring your brain. It's neural plasticity. You're strengthening those parts of your brain that respond in a different way from the way that they used to respond. Well, as I bring this, this message and this series to a close, let me just remind you of a few key things. By the Spirit, God has given you the capacity to live with a calm, well-balanced mind. But we need to do the work in response to what he's put on the inside of us. Let me challenge you today. Is there anything that you need to free your mind from? Can I encourage you today, if there's something even now, particularly if it makes you feel uncomfortable, tell someone about it after this service and then go and do it. Don't hesitate. But then second, feed your mind. Pick one of these things and say, right, over these next few weeks and months, I'm going to try that thing. I'm going to see what God does on the inside. And I want to believe with you that over these next few months and years, as you do that consistently, you will have an amazing testimony like Josh did, like Dr. Inkuru does, of what God has done in your life to increase your sense of mental well-being. Well, as I finish this, I want to, I want to lead us in two prayers. I'd like to first of all pray, I said I would, for anyone here who's not yet given their life to Jesus. I wonder if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes and bowing your head just for a moment. So I want to make this moment between you and God. And, and maybe you've slipped away from God for quite a while, or you know, maybe you're a guest here for the, the, the baptism service and you've sensed something of the presence of God in this place. And I believe what God would say to you today, wherever you're at, you don't need to do this mental health journey on your own. I'm here for you. But you need to open the door to me and invite me in. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to lead us in a short prayer, a phrase at a time. Maybe all of us would join in with this prayer so no one feels exposed. But if you're praying this for the first time or the first time in a long time, pray it from your heart as a way of inviting Jesus to come in. So let's pray this together, a phrase at a time. Dear Lord Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace. Thank you that you love me. I want to start a relationship with you today. Please forgive me for the things I've done wrong. 
please come into my life and take first place. Fill me with your peace and help me learn how to walk closely with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you prayed that prayer, then at the end of our time together, get some direction. We'd love to take that journey with you today. But I want to finish just by praying for us as a church. And I, I, so this feels a bit weird, but I wonder if you wouldn't mind just putting your hands on your head. Not in the kiddish way, but a way of saying, God, I present my mind to you. And I want to pray that you'd have a revelation of God's capacity to help you and the discipline to follow through. In fact, just, just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have not given me a spirit of fear or cowardice or anxiety. And you have given me a spirit of power, of love, of sound judgment and a calm mind. And I ask you today to give me a greater revelation of your power living in me and skill to partner with you in Jesus' name.